Hi, it's Rick Jones back with another edition of From the Bridge. Today, as we're in the holiday season, we're going to once again talk about how sports and entertainment can help charities and help people in a variety of ways. My guest is Randy Karsten, Vice President of Business Alliances for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. He'll be here to tell us the latest news and initiatives for the V Foundation. We'll pontificate from the soapbox and, and spotlight another great place to eat on the road with Rick. So let's launch the boat from the bridge. I've told you before that one of our executives, Paul Ogletree, coined the new phrase for our agency, Fishbait Marketing, and we've now trademarked the term. When we get back together, let's give back together. The COVID-19 is still with us, and we still don't know when we'll be able to return to some degree of normalcy and be able to get back together in large numbers. But I do know two things. Number one, we will get back together in big, big ways. And number two, people are hurting from this pandemic and will continue to hurt in so many ways for an unknown period of time. And we're going to need to use events to help those in need. And that's the meaning of when we get back together, let's give back together. Our client, the Country Music Association, is now providing food boxes for members of the music industry in Nashville and other cities. These people have not been able to work since the virus began. A lot of other people have lost jobs or are in need of food just to feed their families. And events are the perfect places to collect non-perishable foods when we can all get back together. Places like the CMA Festival or bowl games or even regular concerts or regular season college and pro games are perfect places for food drives. Events also may prove to be great places to test people for diseases. Our client, the Mike Sly Foundation, whose goal is to get men to take blood tests for prostate cancer, plans to use football and basketball games as locations to actually conduct blood tests. Events within events are also great ways to raise money. The color of the Sly Foundation is blue. We want to turn September blue the way we've turned October pink. And so one of our ideas is to use blues music as a background for the uh, Mike Sly Foundation. And that may include blues concerts at places like the SEC basketball tournament and other places. We also do tailgate parties for our client, Coach to Cure MD. And when we get back together, we're going to want to have big, gigantic, wonderful tailgate parties. Every event is in position to ask their fan base to help others in so many different ways. So to all of those who run events out there, let's find ways to give back when we get back. My guest angler is Randy Karsten from the V Foundation. Let's welcome Randy to the bridge. Randy, greetings and thanks for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for having me, Rick. I really appreciate it. 
Well, we're excited to talk to you today about the great work that you and others are doing and have been doing at the V Foundation for Cancer Research. But let's start first before you got there. What Give our listeners kind of your background. What was your professional journey? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very uh, interesting how I came to the, to the V Foundation. I would say in general, most of my career, uh, has been around marketing and, and business development. Um, started actually started at Procter and Gamble in the brand management program, and worked for a number of different uh, you know consumer products companies over the years. And uh, leading into most most recently, before the V Foundation was in business development and other roles in the pharmaceutical industry. And um, I, I'll, I'll say this: I came to to the V Foundation the same way that uh, many of our um, teammates and colleagues have come in, which is just through a, a real a connection to the mission. Um, I am, you know, I don't, I don't tout this a lot uh, and share it a lot, but, you know, one of the core things for me is I happen to be a cancer survivor. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to, to be able to say that. Um, but on the other side, unfortunately, I have lost uh, both my mother uh, and both of my in-laws to cancer. And, you know, living in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, over the last 30 years, um, seeing the amazing work of the V Foundation uh, kind of being close. And, and then, um, you know, uh, over over the past uh, sort of the end of, of my time at the pharmaceutical industry uh, or that, that role, um, I, I saw a job open at the V Foundation and uh, it just, you know, two and two came together it spoke and to you didn't it yeah. really jumped at the opportunity to to kind of you know uh use my experience and, and try to bring some of that experience and, and what i've learned over my career to to the foundation well it's a rare person in america or even in the world today that cancer has not touched their lives in, in some capacity um and i do like the fact that that it is personal. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've seen, uh, you know, I mean, let's face it, the, the, the founder, Jim Valvano, yeah. uh, it was very personal and, oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and the ability to say, I, I've drawn a really bad hand, but I've got the ability while I'm still here to do something significant, monumental, and, and maybe even, you know, lasting. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. That's that's kind of an interesting thing. You mentioned the pharmaceutical industry. We're, we obviously record these podcasts a few weeks in advance, and this morning we got some news about a second potential COVID-19 vaccine, and uh, I, I saw a recent 60 Minutes story on this Operation Warp Speed about how we're prepared mm-hmm. to, to distribute uh, the vaccine in a significant way. Uh, having worked in that industry, talk a little bit about that, about the process uh, for our listeners, how that's going to work, and, and what's the process of, of how they've developed the vaccine? Yeah, it's, um, boy, to, to, to create these vaccines in, in, on this timeline is, is just absolutely unbelievable to see what, what the industry is doing. And, you know, I, I think they're, they're bringing all the resources to bear. I think the major uh, companies are, you know, have, have really brought those resources in to, to create these 
these new new vaccines on just incredibly accelerated timing. You know, those folks who are are you know stepping up to to uh, get engaged in those trials to make sure that those products are safe are, are heroes as much as anybody. Um, but yeah, it's an incredibly intensive effort to to accelerate the, the development of these vaccines and most importantly to do it in a way that. Um, you know, when they're brought to the the general public, they're safe. Um, and it's just it's incredibly exciting to see that, you know, two of these candidates are at this stage, you know, look incredibly promising. Um, and now it's just going to be the logistics of, you know, how do you get them in the hands of of literally hundreds of millions of people? Um, it's amazing. Well, I'm old enough to remember, first of all, the polio vaccine. Uh, I'm a child of the 1950s, and and you know we all got polio vaccines, people. But but it took 40 years to yeah. develop a polio vaccine, and I remember the smallpox vaccine that we all took. I think I still have a little scar on my arm someplace mm-hmm. from, yeah. from from that. Uh, this is unprecedented. This kind of speed um, it, to the marketplace. It is, and and I think it's um, you know I think we also all have to. Kind of brace ourselves a little bit for the challenge at hand. It's my understanding that both candidates require two doses. So not only do we have to get you know these doses out you know to incredibly large numbers of people, but but you know you're going to have to come in for a second dose. Um, they also have to be kept at extremely low temperatures, which from a supply chain perspective is a is a real challenge uh, to to get that product out. So. Um, you know, it's it's incredible news that we found a couple of candidates that I think are, are promising, but it's uh, it's still going to take some time, I think, to get uh, get the you know the vaccines distributed and, and implemented across the population so that we can get past this thing. Well, I I, re- I like to remind people that there is kind of a reason why pharmaceuticals drugs are expensive because Absolutely. in some cases companies have spent hundreds of millions of dollars, if not even a billion dollars on things that don't work. <laughs> and, exactly. uh, and, and, and we, we, you know, we often, we, we, we're looking for these miracle pills, these miracle things that will, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen by osmosis. I, I think about the segue now to what you're doing in trying to find cures for cancer. Same thing. I mean, you, you know, we're developing drugs that we're very hopeful that will work without side effects. Um, and that's, that's a very complex process. Absolutely, Rick. And, you know, I think it's, uh, we're fortunate to live in a country where, uh, you know, I think the, the process is guided, um, you know, through the, the FDA and, um, you know, uh, with a focus on safety and, you know, when you see a drug come to market, um, you can be assured that that drug has been uh, tested and, um, you know, that, that you're going to know that that drug and, and, you know, drugs will have side effects. But I think that you're going to know it's safe and effective to do what it's supposed to do. And you're right. I think your, your point about the expenses for every drug that comes to market, there are many, many, many drugs at each of these pharmaceutical companies, you know, brings along a long way through the process and then has to abandon. Um, and those are huge investments. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, not to get too much into the, the, 
hate to say the word politics of, of pharmaceutical drug pricing, but there's a reason why these things are expensive. And, and I think the general public, it's always helpful for the general public to understand that. Well, one of the concerns I have is, will people actually take a vaccine? You know, when you're in the business you're in now, if you're, if you're suffering from cancer, and in many cases, you're, you're to a, what I would call a desperate level, that you're willing to say, sign me up. I mean, an experimental drug, absolutely. This is a little different, you know, and, 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 and the, the, you know, the psychological process of getting people to, um, to actually say, I'm going to go take the vaccine, I think is going to be a critical element that a lot of us really haven't focused on quite yet. But I think it's going to be interesting to see. It's got political implications. It's got social implications. There seems to be a certain segment, believe it or not, I think that still is in denial that this thing actually exists. Um, yeah. And that's 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 kind of scary, too. But let, let's switch gears now yeah. and really talk about what you do at the V Foundation. I had the I knew Jim Valvano. I uh, I was the uh, marketing director for the National Association of Basketball Coaches for a number of years and had been a college basketball coach early in my career. And, and you know, what Jim did was just, you know, so heartwarming. And, you know, the great speech from the ESPY Awards um, still resonates today, the never give up speech. But really, what I think beyond Jim's commitment – um, was the commitment of, of ESPN um, and their partnership has been has been amazing. Talk a little bit about that first, about what ESPN's partnership continues to mean to the V Foundation. Oh, it's it's just at the core of the V Foundation and, and has been, as you know, from from day one. Uh, the the commitment from ESPN has has never wavered. Um, we are. Um, you know, essentially locked arm in arm as, as we kind of move forward here. And I can, I can tell you that uh, uh, it's just such an amazing pleasure to go, you know, spend time with, with anyone in that organization. Um, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to, to work very closely. And part of my responsibility of my team is to kind of work on the day-to-day uh, relationship and execution of the programs that we work on together. And when you go to Bristol or any of their offices and walk up and down the halls, everyone has a story they want to share with you. Um, you know, we, it's just part of ESPN's DNA, uh, our, our relationship, um, and just the resources they put into it, the effort, the passion. Um, it's, it's really, it's really fantastic. And, you know, I, I, our two major uh, tent poles with, with ESPN are, are the ESPYs uh, and then the Jimmy V Classic and everything that, that goes around around that. And, uh, you know, what they what they do is uh, they put they put committees together um, with chairs for each of those committees uh, for those two tent poles and uh, the amount of work and effort that goes into executing against these two tent poles and, and the energy the folks in these committees uh, put into it, and, and and this is not their day job. I mean, every one of them, every hour they spend doing this is, um, you know, kind of incremental to them you know, getting their task done for whatever role they're in at ESPN. And so, uh, we're we're just so fortunate. Um, 
you know, to have the have the power of ESPN behind this, but also the the passion and uh, and the energy that they put into this relationship. Well, as I mentioned, this um, we recorded this uh, early, and then this will run during V Week. Uh, yeah. It's such a bittersweet time for me. Traditionally, the week of the Jimmy V Classic is the week everybody that's in college athletics gathers together in New York. You know, we yeah. we have the Monday night National Football Foundation Black Tie Dinner, and then we have the the the, the Jimmy V Classic on Tuesday, and we have. Uh, the Sports Business Journal would traditionally do their two-day seminar on intercollegiate athletics leading up to the following Saturday and the announcement of the Heisman Trophy. Well, we're upside down this year. They're going to announce the Heisman Trophy in January. The The NFF dinner is virtual. And now we've moved the V-Classic out of Madison Square Garden to Banker's Life Arena in Indianapolis. Uh, but we still have, I think, two tremendous games, Baylor, Illinois, and Tennessee, Gonzaga um, on ESPN. I think are going to be great games. But y'all do things throughout the entire week. I know ESPN runs a lot of PSAs. They encourage people to donate all during the week. They seem to get all of their programming elements kind of aligned in that process. Um, And it's really something pretty special to watch. I, I think I read where when George Bodenheimer retired, he still stayed on the board, uh, I think, oh, yeah. with you guys. Absolutely. And continues to, I, I want to say, kind of be the conscience of ESPN's commitment to, uh, to the V Foundation. I also had the privilege of working with the WBCA, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, mm-hmm. who was instrumental in creating the KL Fund uh, as part of the V Foundation. And, you know, it who would have believed that two coaches at NC State yeah. would, would, would both get cancer, uh, both pass away from cancer, but both leave this lasting impact? It, it's, just, yeah. it's just you can't write that script. No, no, and they were so close, and, um, and as, as are our foundations. Um, you know, there's a, an amazing connection there. The, um, the other thing that I really like is how Dick Vitale – has has embraced it. Talk a little bit about what Dick does and his, you know, annual event in Florida that I think, I think his thing funds pediatric cancer research. Um, but it's pretty special. It's a pretty special event. Yeah, absolutely. Dick is, um, I've, I've had the pleasure now, you know, obviously being in this role of of being able to kind of watch uh, watch Dick uh, as he as he leads this effort, he really is the is the face of our pediatric uh, cancer research fundraising effort, and um, you know drives that primarily through the gala. But I, I will tell you this: um, I, there's rarely a day that goes by at the V Foundation where um, Dick's name does not come up because because he's doing something every day. It's a it's a year round absolute passion for him, um, and I'm not sure if the if the listeners are aware, but this year, you know, we um, when we first found out about uh, COVID nineteen in, in mid March and realized that it was going to start to impact uh, events. You know, our our sort of uh, calendar of events. We had a we have a fundraiser up in uh, up in Virginia uh, in April. And then it's followed closely by by Dick's event in Sarasota in early May, 
uh, and then and then we have our own uh, we have a peer to peer bike fundraising ride in in Raleigh in, in May as well. Um, it, it it didn't take us long to realize we were going to have to make some changes, obviously. And, and one of the things that we did is uh, moved Dick's event to Labor Day weekend. Um, and when we first did that, we moved it uh, with hope. You know, we knew what was going to happen back in March. Uh, in early April, but we moved it in the hope that we could hold on to a live event. And Dick was incredibly passionate about trying to do that. Um, as it as it came closer, um, you know, the, as as many many organizations have, we we had to shift and make a change, and we went virtual. Um, and Dick just absolutely rallied uh, his sponsors and supporters. And uh, I think when we went into this year, he had a goal that was in the three and a half to four million dollar range. Uh, and actually, this year raised over seven million dollars at, at that at, during that virtual event. Uh, and so, you know, it's just you can't say enough about him. I, you know, going back to, to the classic, the Jimmy B classic, um, one of the uh, most impactful fundraising times that we have on air is when Dick makes his appeal the night of the classic. Um, and, you know, we were you know, fortunate and sophisticated enough to be able to track activity, you know, through programming and see what happens. And I can tell you that when Dick is on air uh, that night, it's, it's one of the, you know, most, you know, I hate to use the word productive, but we, we, we generate the most donations per, you know, block of time. Uh, when he does that of, of almost any time during the year. He's absolutely amazing. Well, I, <clears throat> I'm an old Southern boy, and I, I tell people that my favorite meal uh, every day is breakfast, and I don't like continental breakfast. I like, you know, <laughs> eggs and bacon and grits and all this, and I'll, 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 laugh, <laughs> I'll, I'll laughingly tell people, do you know the difference between the bacon and the eggs? And, and the answer is the chicken was involved but the pig was committed and, uh, and, 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 and Dick is the pig. He's committed. I mean, he's committed uh, in every way possible. And like, like you said, when he makes that announcement, it, it is so heartfelt. I mean, he, yeah. he's saying we can, we can save lives people. I mean, yeah. right now, and y'all have proven that, uh, one of the things that I love about the V foundation is that your research grants don't, often go to those that are what I call tenured researchers. They, they go to the mavericks, um, you know, people that a small research grant, they're doing things, breakthrough kinds of things that I think is kind of changing the game. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, in a couple of things. One, um, we are, we're guided by a scientific advisory committee that is just absolutely amazing. Um, uh, and, and, and I think that group that heads up and leads cancer, NCI designated cancer institutions and, and oncology groups at cancer institutions around the, the country kind of guides our strategy and, um, and, and helps oversee that process. Um, you know, and we, we grant a number of areas, but you're right. One of the, one of the things that, that Jim Valvano really wanted to do is and a bit of a sports analogy is he wanted to help build the bench, and um, and so I think the first thing that uh, the foundation raised money for were were V scholars, um, you know, which as you mentioned, kind of up and coming researchers, um, you know, that that don't that 
typically find it difficult to get grant money, um, but and, and also are, are doing really innovative work. And so um, that's an area that we have focused on. We funded since the beginning, uh, and um, and that it truly is becoming this uh, kind of network of, of talent um, that is that is you know spread out now throughout um, throughout the. Uh, the cancer industry, we've got, uh, we grant somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 uh, uh, B scholar grants a year. So think about that over, you know, now we're in our 26th year, um, the number of researchers that we're funding, and then they go on to do these amazing things. So yeah, it's the, the, the work that we do. I'd say the other thing is that we are, uh, we, we, we grant across all cancer types. And so what we're really looking for is the best research to fund, and and uh, and we're able to do that. We do it in a very competitive way. We we you know uh, we do RFPs across uh, NCI designated cancer centers. Um, they compete within themselves. Each one of them competes to submit one grant application, and then those grant applications compete for our funding. So, you know, when you see a project that's funded by the V Foundation. Um, hear this a lot it's you know that it's you know an incredibly um well vetted um and in, in, in innovative uh study that's being funded and you know and we're having huge impact uh, and that's the most important thing i think over time we're you know contributing to you know incredible advancements in you know uh survival rates and uh and just you know positive advancements in, in the cancer space well, you also run two phenomenal wine celebrations. I'll tell you a quick story. Years <laughs> years ago, you, um, and I don't know if you still do this, but years ago, you used to do a an event in New York, um, usually in October, where you brought in the four coaches that were going to coach in the uh, mm-hmm. in the V Classic. And I remember one year, I think it was at the New York Athletic Club, and. Um, it's funny, my son, I, 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 I bid on a, an item, you had a silent and a live auction item uh, during that particular event. And one of them was a wonderful poster of basically of which sports center do you watch? And my son, Ryan, is a Duke freak. I mean, he loves Duke basketball. He, he loves Coach K. And and I was able to get him the one of Mike sitting in his office watching Sports Center, and so that hangs in in Ryan's office. And uh, he, I mean, he just loves that. But there was a woman working for y'all at the time named Joyce Ashenbrenner, and and you had a, a live auction item to bid on a trip to the wine celebration in Napa. Yeah. And she came by and said, "Rick, I can't give this away. I need you to bid this much money." Cause I got to get at least this much money, uh, because I can't, I can't give it away. And I said, sure. And she said, and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you your money back. Well, I bid on it and she came by and said, thank you so much. I said, no, Joyce, I'm going to go. I'm going to write a check. <laughs> what, what, no, I didn't mean for you to do that. I said, no, no, we're going. And, uh, and my wife Charlotte and I went and, an unbelievable event. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe the best event I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to a lot of great events with, you know, private luncheons and wine cellars with celebrity chefs and, 
matching. And that year we went to Francis Ford Coppola's estate for the <laughs> finale. And Michael McDonald was the entertainer. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you one more funny story. The, the Mike Krzyzewski and, and Mickey hosted it and, and Mike got up and said, all right, this is not in your bid book, but I've got four tickets behind my bench for the Carolina game. And if we win, I mean, when we win, you come back to my house afterwards and, and you know, have, have, have drinks. And, and I said to my wife, I'm going to get this. Well, it got, before I could get my hand up, it got out of my league. I mean, it got to be, it got, it got to be she was like, all right, Mr. Big Time, you were going to bet on this. I was like, I mean, my yeah. first house costs less than this. Uh, yeah. And uh, we had a good laugh about it. But talk about the wine celebration, because that those are those the one in Virginia and the one in, in, in Napa raise a lot of money. Oh, they absolutely do. Yeah. Our, uh, Napa wine celebration, uh, it started in, uh, in 1999. Uh, it has, uh, raised, uh, a um, hundred, I think it's $118 million since then. Um, you mentioned, uh, Mike Krzyzewski. We've been so fortunate, uh, you know, uh, to have him host that for many of the years. I think the you know, um, every once in a while, he has that conflict with something called the Olympics um, during the summer that keeps him from coming out. But other than that, he's uh, he's just been absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the really beautiful thing about the wine celebration is just the entire Napa community has embraced, um, you know, embraced it and embraced the organization. Um the vintners are are so committed. They they give back so much uh, to to what we're doing, and it it just you know as, as you said, if if you if you go to the wine celebration, it's just going to be an absolutely wonderful experience. Uh, but you know the thing, the other thing that that's a part of it is uh, we do a uh, a scientific symposium during the weekend. That's um, a part of a part of the entire experience, and we bring in, you know, our leaders from our scientific advisory committee. And um, every year, there's a particular cancer focus, um, and and that alone is a part of the experience. You know, I think you, you would if you talk to people who've attended. I mean, obviously the uh, the luncheons and the the dinners and the events and the gala are, are something, but you know, to a person, they will tell you that they'll walk away, you know, uh, knowing more and inspired about what they're, you know, helping to fund there um, as, you know, because of that scientific symposium. So it's just a, it's an absolutely uh, fantastic, um, you know, group of people that, that runs that, um, you know, that event. And um, we're very fortunate to have that community get behind it. And then you run one in Virginia now, I think, that Jay Billis is involved in. We do. We just started. Uh, I say just started. I think we're in our, our sixth year now, and that is um, up in Middleburg, um, uh, Virginia. And, yeah, Jay is, uh, uh, at least this year, I think, leading in, was was uh, committed to hosting. And um, that'll be uh, coming up next April. We're working toward the assumption that uh, that'll happen and you know, and we'll go forward. And, and, you know, Jay's just another great example of that, the ESPN commitment. You know, I don't think we've talked about it, both, uh, both Jay Billis and Sage Steele just recently joined our national board um, and are both um, 
all in already. Uh, Sage actually has um, has been involved in a number of things. She hosted actually hosted uh, uh, a wine tasting that was uh, in support of the wine celebration um, this this past uh, August. Uh, and and Jay's you know incredibly supportive and as I said committed to the Virginia event. That one is that one is growing. Um, very excited about it. Um, and yeah, that one's moving forward as well. Well, we've seen how cancer has affected other ESPN personalities. I know my friend Holly Rowe is a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. and we unfortunately lost Stuart Scott um, yeah. and watched his battle almost in real time. Um, yeah. And and I know y'all are, are doing some new initiatives around um, Stuart and his memory. Talk a little bit about, about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really – you know, excited to, to kind of share uh, that we're just continuing to uh, to work to, to honor Stuart Scott uh, in 2015 when, when he passed away. Now, he was involved in a clinical trial. And, and long before uh, he was diagnosed with cancer, he was a, a huge supporter uh, of the V Foundation. And so, you know, we created the Stuart Scott Memorial Cancer Research Fund um, in his honor. And uh, the focus of that is really to do what we can to address disparities um, in, in cancer among, um, among the African-American and minority communities. You know, the, um, unfortunately, the incidences of cancer across many cancer types, the mortality rates across many cancer types um, in the African-American community are, are are really high compared to uh, to the averages, and uh, so that's one side that we're doing research to try to understand that better across you know a number of different cancer types. Um, there there are also challenges with um, with minority researchers advancing their careers, and so you know we're we're funding uh, minority V scholars as well as uh, these research projects. And um, I have to say that the fund is just really uh, has a lot of momentum behind it. Uh, we have uh, provided over 30 grants to date, um, over $10 million in, re- in cancer research funding in that space um, across 23 different cancer institutions, cancer centers. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're continuing to kind of honor his legacy and um, this week, uh, on on the fourth, uh, we are ESPN is going to spend a lot of time focusing on on the, the Stuart Scott uh, Memorial Cancer Research Fund, and in fact, um, we will be launching a, a, a really exciting initiative with the Alpha Phi Alpha uh, fraternity, which um, you know, if, if uh, listeners aren't aware of this, um, Stuart. Scott was an alpha uh, at the University of North Carolina. And, uh, you know, through various um, conversations, we've uh, we've came in contact uh, through, you know, with the Alpha Phi Alpha organization. And uh, and we're uh, forming a partnership with them to, uh, it's going to be called Give and Go to Fight Cancer. Uh, and the give is to donate to the Stuart Scott Cancer uh, Memorial Cancer Research Fund, and the go is to go get uh, screening and checkups. 
uh, and it's a program that uh, the Alpha Phi Alpha organization uh, will be fundraising throughout the month of December this year. Um, and we'll announce that on Friday. Um, and then throughout the year, we'll work with them on programs to create awareness for the need for cancer checkups. So um, we're just we're honored uh, to to partner with that organization. Um, they are incredibly excited to be able to honor Stuart's uh, legacy as well. Um, just you know, this is this is the initial uh, launch of that program, and and we see this as a it's a, a very positive long-term partnership that, that we'll be kicking off this year. I love the, the message about uh, go get tested. I know, you know, we've, we've done some work with uh, Anna Slive Harwood and the Mike Slive foundation for, around prostate cancer. And, you yeah. know, African-American men, they just don't get, they don't get tested. I mean, they don't get yeah. blood tests. They don't, they don't, they don't get the exam. And that is such a prevented disease if you catch it early. Um, and, it, yes. and yet it, it's a disease that mastitizes if you don't catch it early and, 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 you know, getting people to go and, and guys, you know, women do go to the doctor a whole lot more than men do. Um, you know, we've done, we've made amazing strides in breast cancer, uh, examinations, you know, maybe not as much in, 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 in cures and treatments, but guys just need to go get tested, even skin cancer. Right. I mean, I look at guys sometimes and go, have you noticed that thing on your face? And they're like, yeah. What thing? Yeah. And, 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 you know, and the next thing you got a big problem. Yeah, and that, and that's that's really uh, at the core, I think, of this new partnership and and what we're doing with the Alpha Phi Alpha organization. Um, uh, you know, the thing I didn't mention earlier that's that's interesting about the organization they they were the first black uh, fraternity. They were founded on December fourth, which is actually you know the anniversary is Friday. So it, it's amazing how this thing has, has sort of come together. But you know, they will bring their uh, network, their, their, their brothers, uh, uh, 80,000 plus active, uh, brothers will, will, you know, kind of work together to help us support this. So we're, we're absolutely, um, you know, we're just to your point about getting screened and getting checked. Uh, we think it's going to be a powerful way to get that message out. Um, and 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 by the way, I did listen to your your uh, your podcast with with Anna, and they're doing amazing work there uh, at the Sly Foundation. Um, and, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of her. They did a, recently did a virtual event. They had to change their Beyond Blue from a live event to a virtual event, and I think you ended up raising about a half million dollars, which was was really great in this in this time period. Um, you know, yeah. from that standpoint, you mentioned the. Not the irony, but the maybe the coincidence or whatever of uh, of you launching this initiative uh, on uh, December the fourth on their Founders Day. Uh, mm -hmm. I, have, I have a business partner, Ron Cook, and he has a great line. He says, "Coincidence is when God chooses to be anonymous." Uh, <laughs> I, I just I, I love Amen. that you know because you see so many things that you go, I couldn't have written this script. I mean, how does this happen that we find this? first african-american fraternity at north carolina that stuart scott was a member of that was founded yeah. on december the fourth i mean it all just kind of laid out i want to kind of close with yeah. um you know a lot of our listeners are in the marketing communication sponsorship business you have a great mm -hmm. partnership with corona with our friends at constellation around oh, uh, yeah. the v classic talk about how corporations uh, can get more involved with the v foundation 
Wow, thank thanks for the opportunity to to uh, to, to bring this up. And you know, the, the the great thing about the V Foundation is there's just many ways to do that. I think uh, we are, um, you know, one is through our partnership with ESPN, and and uh, there are many opportunities to partner through either the ESPYS. Um, I think our listeners are aware that uh, around the ESPYS we have a, a and two events that are um, sponsorship related that benefit the V Foundation. One is the Sports Humanitarian Awards Dinner, um, which uh, is is a way of honoring uh, things that corporations, leagues, and teams are doing in the community. Um, and that's an event with sponsorship opportunities and, and proceeds benefit the V Foundation, as well as our Celebrity Golf event, which is which takes place in conjunction with the ESPYS. So that's one. Uh, and then around the the uh, V week, there's sponsorship opportunities throughout um, the classic, obviously, and and Corona has been a presenter of that event for years. Um, but other sponsorship opportunities there, and you know beyond that, uh, we just have a full slate of of um, events throughout the year. You mentioned the wine celebration. There are ways to support that. Uh, Virginia Vine, our event up in uh, in Virginia. Dick, Dick Vitale's event uh, as well. Um, we we launched a peer-to-peer uh, bike fun, bike fundraising ride here in Raleigh um, a couple of years ago, and there's there's many ways to to get engaged and, and sponsor that as well. Um, you know, lots of lots of different um, uh, properties that you know that are sponsorable and in addition you know we're in the process or we're always looking for cause marketing partners and uh, corona is a great example uh, they fundraise through their marketing efforts and their distributor network uh, on a national basis uh, we have amazing partnerships um, with bristol myers squibb as an example that's kind of a combination of grant funding um, and also uh, a couple of years ago they brought over to us their employee-based um, uh, fundraising effort. It's, it's called the Coast to Coast uh, for Cancer Ride. Um, and their employees ride in teams across the country with stops um, in major markets. Uh, That's and very cool. They, they do peer-to-peer fundraising, and, and Bristol-Myers uh, Squibb matches that. So just lots of opportunities. We're always looking for uh, cause marketing partners. Uh, and we are in the process also of, of creating um, some new assets and, and a new platform that we'll be launching next year um, that will provide even broader opportunities for corporate partners to, you know, partner with us and, and gain exposure uh, and, you know, uh, for the good work that they're doing. Well, we look forward to hearing the details about that. I want to remind our listeners that, the reason I give to the V Foundation every year is because 100% of the money that I and everybody else gives goes directly to research grants. The The foundation has uh, been funded enough to, to operate um, uh, on an ongoing basis, and, and, and it, there are very few charities that say 100% of your gift goes to potentially save somebody's life. And I think that's, that's amazingly commemorable, uh, for you guys. Um, yeah, well, thank you for that. We're, we're very proud of, of, you know, a bad and the, the 
because of the generosity of, of donors who uh, established an endowment. Um, yeah, we we all of our operating expenses, administrative expenses are covered through the endowment. So yeah, I mean it's a very rare opportunity when you want to support a charity that 100% goes to you know fund what you're what you're making the donation for. So. Well, it's V Week, and we're thrilled that you would be with us today from the bridge. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Here's my thoughts today from the soapbox. I am unabashedly a capitalist. But as I wrote in my book, The Business Tithe, capitalism without compassion capitalism that doesn't help others, I think is a sin. Businesses should feed sheep. First, the families of those who work at the business, then bring value and help to customers, and then help the the community at large in which you serve. But I know this, only profitable businesses can actually feed sheep. Only profits can add value to others. I've told you before that if you want a free copy of the book, The Business Tithe, simply send me an email at rick at fishbaitmarketing.com and I'll email you an electronic copy of the book. It has seven steps to make your business able to give back more. And that's our view from the soapbox. Let's close today with another place to eat on the road with Rick. My son Ryan turned 32 last week. Where'd the time go? I remember his 10th birthday. We went to see his sister Jennifer, who was a freshman that year at NYU. And so we all went up for Thanksgiving weekend uh, to celebrate with her and to go to the parade and, uh, and to have a good time. Well, we celebrated Ryan's 10th birthday at what is now still one of our favorite Italian restaurants in New York, the Trattatore dell'Arte on 7th Avenue in Midtown. Unfortunately, they like so many restaurants in New York and a lot of other restaurants in cities around the country, for that matter, are still closed, but they hope to open again soon. Now, I remember this particular birthday because when they brought the cake out to Ryan, They all gathered around the table, and this is what they sang. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, total stranger. Happy birthday to you. It's the way we sing all of our birthday greetings these days to the total strangers. Trattatore dell'arte has the best antipasta I have ever seen. They have dozens of plates of both hot and cold dishes. I love the fried Jerusalem artichokes and polenta and many other great starters. I hope this place opens again soon. And I hope all of us can support all the great restaurants out there this holiday season on the road with Rick or on whatever road you find yourself. Thanks for joining us today and to Randy Carson for sharing some thoughts on charities and the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here next week from the bridge.